Hey-o. Welcome to the Steam Place Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com, the home of the All righty then, welcome to the Sneaky Place Podcast MLB edition. It's Brian Gatino here with Joe Duffy. It's been a long time coming. What's going on, Joe? Nothing, man. The boys are back in town. Baseball season's here. I'm, I'm ready to go. This is the division we're going to talk about today is a real interesting one, so I'm excited to uh, start this thing off with a bang. Yeah, I feel like last year we kind of uh, crapped on this division a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be completely different this year, but it's definitely a three-headed monster at the top. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. And then a two-headed rubber duck at the bottom. But at the top, those three teams are, all have the potential to make the playoffs. So it's going to be an interesting race down the stretch, especially with the way the wild card set up. Two, uh, three teams from that division could possibly get in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now I'm watching uh, – Spring training baseball, the Rays and the Nats are on, on my TV right now. Um, you got that Wander Franco Strasburg matchup. Yeah, Wander Franco struck out. Uh, yeah. It was good at bat, but uh, anyway, I was wondering, you know, because Strasburg's pitching against against a bunch of AAA guys, mostly AA. Is it? Do you think it's harder in spring training for hitters or for pitchers? Uh pitchers, I would think. Um, takes a while to get your arm back into the swing of things, especially for a guy like Strasburg after pitching so deep and, uh, you know, basically into the winter. Uh, I think it probably takes longer for him to get back into it than probably a lot of these younger guys who kept playing ball throughout the winter and they're ready to go from the jump trying to make a roster. So I definitely think it's harder for at least the major league level pitchers to to get back going. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at because, you know, I saw Ryan, Ryan Yarbrough struggle a little bit in the first inning. I'm like, you know, he pitched a lot last year, and it's definitely – it's hard to get back into game mode as a pitcher as opposed to, to hitters because you can hit every day. It's not like you can pitch every day, you know. Yeah, exactly, and just getting back into your normal everyday routine, going through that those four days in between starts, it's it's a difficult thing. But, yeah, that's why I think them getting down there a couple weeks early is super important for them getting ready for April. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, all right. So we're going to start off uh, this year talking about the AL Central, like we touched on just before briefly. Um, we're going to do a little different this year. Obviously, you know, you know the drill for what we're going to do, but uh, we're going to we're going to do key players from each team, uh, one key component for either either the team's success or uh, lack of success potentially, um, and then you know, talk about the over-unders, standings, things like that. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Keep it simple this year. I'm ready to go, dog. Let's get it started. All right. So we'll start off with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, a very interesting ball club to me. Um, still have a really, you know, a good amount of talent. Um, I know last year we were, we were kind of harping on, you know, who they have in the outfield, who can play for them. Um, are they going to be able to hit uh, for, for power and things like that? Um, and, you know, they they played well down the stretch last year. Um, obviously having uh, Jose Ramirez come back healthy towards the end of the season, help him out. Um, and, you know, Frankie Lindor throughout the entire season was was pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, as always a top 10 player in baseball. But um, for this this season, who, who do you think are, are some of the players that uh, – are going to be keys for them uh, and their success this year? Well, you touched on the two most important ones, and that's Ramirez and Lindor. And more than anything, it's about the health. Um, obviously, these are two of the you know 10 to 20 best hitters in baseball, and the talent's off the charts. But those two have to stay healthy. Lindor was out in the beginning of the year last year, off to a slow start for them. They came back and caught the Twins, but you don't want to – fall behind that badly early in the season again, especially with the White Sox coming up now. Um, so I think the health of those two players is going to be extremely important going forward for them. Um, and then Framiel Reyes is another player that I think is maybe the single most important player on that team, being that he's going to hit in that four or five spot and he's going to need to bring production to the table. He has to have a replica year to what he did last year. Um, if he doesn't put up those kind of numbers, I think the offense 
uh, might struggle run production wise. Um, you know, but if he's consistent and to what he did last year, brings it again this year, I think that'll be a huge help for them. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll cut you off real quick. I, I also have Fran Mill Reyes here for, for, you know, almost the exact same reasons. Like he has potential for to hit between 30 and 40 home runs. And I think he's going to need to do that for the Indians to have, you know, a steady and consistent lineup this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, you'd like to see closer to 40, not 30. Um, the power bats aren't necessarily there for them. They have a lot of guys who can spray the ball, put it in play. Um, I like the addition of Cesar Hernandez, who gives you a little bit of pop at second base too. But Reyes is the real power threat in that order, and he's going to have to bring it because otherwise they might struggle, you know, a good amount with uh, with how the back end of that lineup looks. So he's going to be a huge part uh, going forward for them th- this entire season and, you know, throughout the future if they keep this bunch together. Um, yeah. And then on the pitching side of things, Shane Bieber is – I think he's ready to be the ace of that rotation. I think that's why they were um, kind of okay with moving off of Kluber this offseason. They had – he was talked about in trade talks for a while, but I don't necessarily think they were comfortable moving on from him so soon. Um, but the way Bieber pitched last year, they, he gave them all the reason to move on from Kluber and give him that bump up to that starting spot. So I, I think he's probably one of the 10 to 15 best pitchers in the American League. Um, he's got ace stuff for sure. Um, he was in that Cy Young running for a little bit last year. So I think he's got to be that same guy. And then at the back end, I think Brad Hand maybe quietly the best closer in baseball. Um, he's going to have to continue to do his thing and be the stable force in that bullpen. Cause it's not necessarily the strongest top to bottom. Um, but he's a consistent, uh, element back there. So Brad Hand, Shane Bieber, those are the two arms that they're going to have to rely on big time this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I don't have them here as my key players, but it's not because they're not keys to the team. It's more so like I think that they're going to keep being the consistent studs that they are. Um, it's going to it's going to come down to a couple other guys. For me, it's Zach Plesac. If mm-hmm. if he can bolster that middle of the rotation, and you know what, it's it's not. A loss on his day, you know, like that's huge for the Indians, um, especially with, you know, Kluber gone now, like someone like Plesak needs to really step up. I mean, he pitched well last year and, you know, I hope he can keep it up this year and, and be a steady guy that's, you know, either number three or number four in the rotation and, and really help that starting rotation out. Because like you said, their bullpen, it's okay, but they need guys, you know, they need the third, fourth, fifth starter to go at least five to six innings. They can't have these guys go in three innings. So I think Plesak starting in that middle of rotation is huge for them. Um, and then Clevenger, Mike Clevenger's health. Um, he was, you know, he's out till about opening day or so. Um, hopefully they take a little more time with him because they don't need him on opening day. Um, but if he come back, you know, second week of April or whatever it is and be, and be a stud, uh, I think that'll be really good for them in the long run. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's kind of geared more toward my key component for this team. Uh, Like we said, we each have one component we're going to talk about in mind starting pitching. And for all the reasons you said, that bullpen, not necessarily a strength for them. And the middle to the back end of that rotation is going to have to give them five, six innings every time out. Um, Clevenger, we know, is a stud when he's healthy, but health is – uh, at least at this point, a concern with him. Uh, hopefully he is back early and, you know, can get into his groove and not really struggle in the beginning of the season because they're going to need him. And then Plesak, like you said, he he may be the single most important pitcher in this rotation just because they're going to need him to be. Um, they really need that third guy to kind of step out, step up and shine. And I don't know if Carrasco still has that in him. So, Ple- yeah, Plesak's going to be huge for them this year. He he might make or break that rotation. Yeah. So with their starting rotation, I mean, really, like you said, it, it comes down to health. If Clevenger can be healthy and pitch from April to um, September, I mean, that's going to be huge for them. If, if Carrasco can, uh, you know, be that veteran presence as a number two and, and keep being a, a really good pitcher and a leader for that team, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, a key component for me, it, was, it wasn't really so like a key component, but, for me, it's if they're trying to win, I think they'll win. Um, meaning, you know, 
last year it was all the talks. Are they going to trade this guy, trade that guy, trade that guy? And you know what? They didn't, and then they kept winning. Um, and I think if they keep their team together and maybe even add near the deadline, I, they're, they're going to be right there at, at the top of this division. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's just going to have to all – it's all going to be predicated on how they start this season. And are they in the hunt going into deadline time or if they're falling a little bit back of those two other teams in the Central – um, you know, Lindor's a guy that they could get a ton of prospects for. They've already shopped him, talked to the Dodgers about him. So I, I don't think those talks are going to go away anytime soon, but I 100% agree that um, if they want to win, I think they can win as well. Yeah. So, all right, that leads us into um, over-unders. Um, their over-under regular season is 85 and a half wins. Um, what do you have for them? Are you over-under on that? I am slightly over, um, and that's assuming that, you know, this roster gets kept together. Um, I have them around 87 wins, um, so, you know, just slightly over. I think that being able to beat up on the Tigers and the Royals is a huge plus for every team in this division. So I'll go over on the Indians. Um, I don't think that they'll be the best team in this division this year, but I do think that they'll be right there at the end of the season competing for one of those wild card spots. Yeah, so we're almost on the exact same wavelength with the Indians. Um, I have them at 87 and 75 as their record, so I'll, I'm taking the over too. Um, I just feel like they have they have more talent than last year. Um, the addition of Cesar Hernandez is huge. Uh, Framo Reyes, you know, he's he's going to be a big big bat for the middle of the order. Uh, when Tyler Naquin comes back, I mean, he's going to be a huge boost for their right. outfield too. So mm-hmm. I mean. You know, they got a good team. It, like you, like we've been saying, though, it's like if they start off slow, they might end up dealing Lindor and, and things might, you know, fall out from underneath them. So if they can start off decently hot and, and be right in the thick of things come, come deadline time, I, I think they'll be a dangerous team towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I mean, if they are in it, that means that starting pitching has been, you know, really good to that point. And if it's going strong, yeah, they're they're extremely dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Indians. Let's, uh, let's move on to the Kansas City Royals. Um, not as good of a baseball team, but uh, I, think there's, I think there's some promise this year um, as far as the Kansas City Royals moving a bit forward uh, in their franchise, um, even though it wasn't too long ago that they were in the World Series. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, Kansas City Royals. Um, Joe, let's talk about some of their key players that they got for this, uh, 2020 season. Um, well, the, the one I think me and you will both talk about guy, we both love Swiss army knife Whit Merrifield. He's just heart and soul guy of this team. Um, hits for a great average every year, gets on base, runs the base as well. Excellent in the field. He's just, he's got to be the engine that makes everything go. If, if he's, getting the game off to a hot start out of that leadoff spot. Um, we know they like to be aggressive. If he's able to to swipe bases, score runs, um, that's going to be huge for their offense. And I think their lineup looks a lot better on paper this year than it did last year. Um, so, yeah, Witt's the – like I said, he's the engine that makes everything go. I think he's the single most important player on this team. Yeah, Witt Merrifield, I mean, is just – like you said, he's he's an absolute stud. Can, the guy can literally play any single position on the field. Wouldn't be surprised if the dude could pitch. Honestly, um, <laughs> he I might mean, have to with this rotation. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that too. Um, but I mean, he's yeah, like you said, top of the order guy. He's he's the engine of this team. He needs to get on base uh, in front of some of these you know veteran guys of you know Salvi Perez and Alex Gordon and whatnot. So you know, Whit Merrifield, you know, he's 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 got a just keep being what he's been, you know, and hopefully the rest of the guys can catch up with him. And, uh, you know, like you said, their, their order has taken a step up from, from last year. And um, I think they could do some, some damage on the offensive side of the, the baseball. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. And a lot of that has to do with the next guy I want to talk about. And that's Jorge Soler. And he led the American league in home runs last year and really, really took a step forward. Um, well, me and you talked about him in the beginning of the league, of the year last year. He was a guy that I was really focused on because he came up and was extremely promising in Chicago and then kind of tiltered off a little bit. And sure enough, last year he put it all together and 
he could be a 40 home run guy this year and he's going to have to provide them that production in the middle of the order if they want to win games in this division. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have Jorge Soler listed as well. I mean, he's, he's got to hit 40, 40 home runs and, you know, just be that steady, consistent power hitter for them in the middle of the order. Um, but he's, you know, when he came up, his potential was, you know, the sky was the limit for him. And I still think it is. And like you said, last year, you, you know, he was a leader in the home run category and I think he could do it again this year. So he needs to uh, be consistent, maybe, maybe get that average up a little bit, but uh, his main priority should be hitting the ball out of the ballpark when, when uh, Whit Merrifield gets on base for him. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Mondesi batting after Merrifield in that order is going to provide, you know, e- even more likelihood that Soler is going to be up with runners on base. So, yeah, the power numbers are what they're looking for out of him, and they're surrounding him with guys who who hit for average and put speed on the bases. So I like the approach. Obviously, uh, they need to tweak a little bit still here and there, um, but they are taking steps forward, which is great to see. Um, but if we're – all right, so the next guy I want to talk about, if we're looking about – or we're talking about the future with the Royals, but this this is the guy who's been there the longest, and – Alex Gordon had a little bit of a resurgence last year. He quietly had a really, really strong year. And I think if this, if this team's going to continue to, you know, try to get better and they're going to look to get over that 60, 70 win mark this year, Alex Gordon's going to have to be, you know, arguably a 300 or close to hitter. And, you know, he, he kind of got those numbers up last year. Um, I don't know that he can do it again this year, but he's he's one that everyone's going to have to look out for because if he's not putting up those numbers, then it might be time to uh, try to move off guys like him and Sal Perez. Yeah, yeah. My main concern with, with Gordon and possibly Perez is that towards the end of the year, they pr- they'll probably get moved off from. Um, I hope that's not the case. I think they've, they've been consistent and steady Kansas City Royals, and they've been basically the faces of that team for, for a long time. Um, I love the way Alex Gordon plays. He's, he plays hard. Um, he's a good hitter in the middle of the order. And, you know, if he can stay consistent, hit, you know, between 285 and 300, like you said, and 25 home runs, maybe, um, hit doubles, you know, not just, not just singles and things like that. Um, it really helped this team and uh, obviously a veteran presence in, in the locker room for, for a young squad. So, um, yeah, if, if he, if he stays consistent, this team has, you know, I mean, the ability to to put some runs on the board and just play decent baseball. <laughs> That's kind of what we want from the Royals this year. Just play good baseball and, you know, don't get blown out of games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we talked about, this team's still trying to move forward. Um, they're in a bit – I don't know if I call it a full rebuild because we do see guys like Gordon and Sal Perez still, but they're retooling and they have some pieces in place, but – um, yeah, the changing of the guard might be coming sooner than later in Casey. Um, and to stay on that same topic, it might happen in that rotation too. Um, my two other most important players are their top two starting pitchers, and that's Danny Duffy and Jake Junis. Um, both of these guys flat out have to be better if the Royals want to win games. Um, there's really no other way to put it. Duffy got paid. Um, he didn't pitch up to par to what he got paid. Um, if, if this team's going to win games, they need, they need to win when their top two pitchers are on the mound point blank. And these guys both have to get better this year if they're going to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you need to win games when you're number one and number two are, are pitching for you. It's really that simple in baseball. You need those guys. If you go into a three game series and you're one and two are pitching, you need to get a win at a, in one of those two games. And it's, you know, that's really how simple it is for, for some teams. Um, Eunice and, and Duffy need to, to really step up this season and be that guy that they can go to, give the ball every fifth day and be like, all right, we have a really good chance of winning the game, you know, especially with, you know, how our order is looking this year. It's like, all right, let's, let's get, get uh, Duffy four runs and we sh- we should be okay. You know, and, it hasn't really been like that for them. So it's hopefully they can step up this year and do something like that. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Those guys, they have to, they have to be the two key pitchers for this team. I mean, there's, there's no looking behind them and hoping that either of those three other pitchers give them the, 
the production they need on the mound. It, it's those two guys are bust, and this is kind of a make or break year for them. I think, uh, you know, sometimes you might have to take two steps backward to move forward. And if these guys don't perform, that might be something they look to do. Yeah, maybe maybe a guy like Brad Keller could step up a little bit um, and pitch well. I mean, Brady Singer is still extremely young. We don't know what he's going to be in the major leagues, so you can't really depend on him to be that guy. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be tough for them. Um, I mean, and that'll pretty much lead us into key components. Like, you know, for I wrote down just need starting pitching to step up a little bit, um, help this team out, and uh, you know, secure some of the runs. You know, the runs that their offense is going to give them because I think their offense will score a little bit this year. But I mean if you let up six, seven, eight runs a game, it's just, it's just too much sometimes, especially against some of these teams in the division with a good starting pitching, like the, uh, the Indians and um, the twins are, you know, have, they've bolstered their rotation a little bit and the White Sox have bolstered their rotation a little bit. So it's, it's going to be tough for them, but uh, need to start starting pitching a step up for the Royals this year. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, my, my key component for that team is, Essentially, how how do we get better? Um, because this this is not a year where they expect to be making the playoffs. This is like we said, they're retooling, and they're going to look any way possible this year to get pieces to get better. And I think guys like Duffy, guys like Eunice, guys like Alex Gordon, Sal Perez, even maybe Hunter Dozier, these are all guys that are expendable and can bring in you know pretty touted prospects. So if the Royals or if these guys aren't showing the Royals front office that they're going to be part of the future pretty much right out of the gate, then I think a lot of these guys might get moved this year. and It might be time for uh, a complete rebuild in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for them, but, you know, if they can uh, emulate any of what the White Sox have done, you know, like completely, you know, rebuild, break it down, and then get the right prospects and, you know, keep the right veterans there or, you know, acquire some veterans that are, you know, not going to ruin the clubhouse or anything like that, or aren't just there for money. Like, you know, they can possibly get a rebuild going. I mean, the White Sox have done it more quickly than we, than we thought they would. Um, And I think it's going to take a little bit more time for the Royals, but I do think that they have that opportunity to do so, to do something like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, not quite yet. I think I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to get the quality of prospect that the White Sox were able to get either. But I definitely think they're going to be able to to bolster that farm nonetheless. And yeah, it's it's time for them to move forward. I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's move on to another team that's at the bottom of the barrel of the AL Central. Um, Oh, sorry. I've got over-unders. Um, over-under, Royals, 64 and a half. What do you have them at? I'm under. Um, I think they finish around 60 wins, pretty much the same as they did last year. Um, while I see the production in the lineup maybe slightly going up, I just don't think that the pitching will be enough to, to gain a couple more wins. So, yeah, I have them under 64 and a half. I have them slightly over um, Got them at 66 wins. Um, not sure why. I just, uh, you know, I, I looked at the lineup. Um, I saw guys like Michael Franco now in there and Ryan O'Hearn and Hunter Dozier. And I think they'll be able to wait to, to, to bop themselves to a few wins. You know, if the starting pitching can be anything decent, I, I think they'll, you know, they'll be an okay baseball team. Obviously, they're never going to, they're not going to be great this season or even come close to being in a playoff race, you know, this year. But, you know, 66 wins, 65 wins. I think their over-under is really accurate that they have for them this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of these are pretty spot on, I feel like. So I don't think that the Royals are much worse than 64 and a half. But for me, I definitely don't don't think they're any better, especially if pieces get moved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to the Detroit Tigers. Um, <laughs> we can fly through this one. Yeah, I mean they added a couple pieces, you know. Their 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 roster looks a little better than it did last year. I'll give them that. Um, yeah, I agree. Anyway, all right, some some key players for the Tigers. Uh um I'll I'll start off. I, I think um I think the addition of Austin Romine is huge. Um I think it's bigger than people are looking at it. 
Um, obviously, the Tigers still, they're not a World Series threat or a playoff threat. But I do think he's, he's a veteran catcher that finally has gotten a starting catching role for a team. Um, he was sat behind Sanchez, you know, as a Yankee, and he's astronomically better defensively than Gary Sanchez. Um, and I think he's really going to help the, the starting rotation of the Detroit Tigers this year. Yeah, I, I actually have Austin Romine too, so I love that you started with him. I think that's huge for, you know, stability behind the plate and having a guy that, like you said, he's defensively sound, but he also calls a great game. Um, look, the Tigers lineup isn't going to provide too many runs for those starting pitchers. And while the, the rotation isn't anything to to rave about, they still have some decent arms there with uh, Matthew Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, who had a pretty good year last year. Jordan Zimmerman is still there. So, and maybe a guy like Casey Myers coming up or Joey Wentz. So Austin Romine back there is going to help out these pitchers tremendously. And I think that was a, a fantastic signing for them in the off season. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like I said, it was just kind of, it's bigger than, you know, what it was made out to be throughout the MLB. Like Austin Romine, I, I've always liked him. I hate the Yankees, but I've always liked Austin Romine and a couple of the guys that they had that were able to move and, you know, land starting roles elsewhere and be productive. Um, I think Austin Romine is going to be one of those guys where he's a consistent catcher. He's going to catch, you know, 120 games. Um, he's going to hit 250, 260, hit, a, hit a 20 home runs possibly. So, um, yeah, he's just a good veteran, good, good catcher, uh, calls a great game. So, you know, hopefully he can help this rotation a little bit. Um, and like you said, that leads us to, to probably Matt Boyd as another key player for the Tigers. Um, he pitched extremely well last year, um, and they're going to need him to do something like that again this year. Um, but if he does and the Royal and the Tigers still stink, they'll probably end up trading him. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with this. Um, I think Matthew Boyd needs to be really good this year, but I think he needs to be good in the sense of they, the Tigers are going to want to sell him at his best and if he's having a really good year this year he's going to be able to bring them in a tremendous hole so I think they're going to be looking for Matthew Boyd to have another great year and if he does there I would have to say they definitely move off of him by uh, July yeah no, they'll probably move off of him um key guy for another key guy for me is another, you know another pitcher Spencer Turnbull kind of in the same boat uh pitched well last year um he was he was a good fancy guy at, at some points last year for uh yeah, I fancy him baseball. Up. He was he was fantastic for me. Um and I was able to like pick him up and drop him, pick him back up pretty consistently. He was a good spot start. Um but yeah, he's a guy he gave you a pretty solid ERA last year. Um he was super consistent. He was good for them and I mean, there wasn't much consistency in that rotation aside from him and Boyd. So, yeah, I'm with you. He's going to have to be huge again this year for them. And he, he may end up being another guy they can move off of if, uh, you know, they're sitting around 30 wins around deadline time again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which and, is and highly possible. It's it's very possible. Um, uh, they need the two guys I'm going to mention right now to, to hit a lot of home runs, uh, CJ Crone and Miguel Cabrera. Um, obviously Miggy is getting towards the end of his career. Um, basically only a DH now still gets his days off. Um, so, I mean, if he can just be useful in his, in his time that he's in the lineup, um, that'll help them. And then CJ Crone, uh, he's moved off of again, and he's still a, a very good power bat. Um, good veteran guy. And he's, he's willing to go out every day and, and play hard. And, uh, I mean, they're going to need him to, um, you know, this, this team's not going to score that many runs. Um, so he's, he's got to hit some home runs and, and be a powerful bat for him. And like we said, it's, it's uh, not, a lot, not a lot of good stuff coming from Detroit right now. No, and I'm with you on Crone. I think that's a pretty big signing for them. He's been, um, you know, a really good power bat his entire MLB tenure. And I, I almost would have liked to have seen him back with Minnesota. Obviously, now knowing the roster makeup, we understand why he wasn't brought back. Um, but I think that he's a, you know, probably a 25 home run guy in the middle of that lineup. Like you said, they're going to need production from him. Um, I'm going to go a little different from you on the Miggy one. I, I still think Miggy's just a 280 hitter. Who's going to pop you 20 home runs, take his days off. And, you know, he, he's a good player, but he, he's on his way out. And yeah. 
that's kind of what it is. Um, the one I'm looking at is Jonathan Scope. Um, this is a guy who just continues to bounce around the league. He finds a new spot seemingly every six months or so. Um, but he's a guy that can provide 20, 30 home run power in that lineup. Um, he's going to play 2B every day. Um, so he's going to be a staple of that lineup. Him and Crone are probably going to hit um, in the four and five or four and six spots in the lineup. So those are the two guys they're going to be counting on for a lot of their production. And yeah, if they're going to win games, those, those two got to, got to, you know, I, I would say combined for at least 50 this year, which I mean, it's asking a lot, but I think that's kind of what they need. Yeah. I, I like Jonathan scope. Um, and like you said, he's kind of, after the Orioles, he's bouncing around real quick, you know, from the Brewers to the Twins now with the Tigers um, staying in that uh, Midwest part of the, this country. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if I think if he plays every day, um, he's got a shot to hit 25 home runs um, and play play a good second base. Um, nothing too special. Um, but he's a, he's a good player, um, deserves to be starting on MLB team, and, you know, hopefully his opportunity in Detroit helps him out and, Maybe finds a new home on a better <laughs> on a better team too. Um, all right, so a uh, key component uh, for me is, uh, I guess, keeping everyone healthy that isn't in AAA on their starting ro- uh, lineup and rotation. Um, I mean, if they keep guys healthy uh, in the middle of their order and in their rotation, they'll be okay. Um, but uh, like like we've been touching on, they're they're not going to be anything special this year and there's almost literally zero expectations of them doing anything well. Yeah. um, And for me, it's pretty much exactly like the Royals and it's going to be gearing toward the future. And that's because like you said, the the present is it's essentially non-existent. There's no hope of them winning a lot of games this year and making a run and shocking the world. It's just not going to happen. This team needs to completely tear it up and build from the bottom. And I think that guys like Boyd, Turnbull, Scope, Crone, they could all become trade pieces. Um, And then I want to see if we see some of these young pitchers like Casey Mize, like a Joey Wentz. Um, These guys are going to be ready to go, you know, relatively soon. Um, Thankfully, they have a good, solid veteran catcher there that is going to help them out along the way. But I I want to see the Tigers start gearing toward the future and, just getting better from here on out. Cause right now it's just basically as low as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, they're over under is 57 and a half. Uh, I'm under, I'm under. They, they won 47 games last year. I do not think that this roster is 10 games better than that. I just don't. That's probably a pretty good call. Um, I'm under as well. Uh, have them at 55 wins. Uh, I'll give them a little boost. Uh, CJ Crone boost, I suppose. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, a couple guys that are that are state that could be stables in a lineup, and that's not something that they had last year. So, um, no, I I agree with that for sure. So, I mean, uh, you know, Crone is probably on top of my head, maybe a three WAR player. Um, so that helps him a little bit. Um, all right, let's move on to a more promising team, a team that was in the playoffs last year, the Minnesota twins, um, a good ball club, uh, obviously have been struggling in the playoffs when they get there against the New York Yankees every single time. Um, it just never fails. Does it just never, no, ever I mean, fails. Doesn't matter who's on the team, where they're playing, what they just can't beat the New York Yankees in the playoffs. Um, but all right, Minnesota twins, uh, I mean, they have a lot of key players, but, you know, we'll, we'll start with you. Who are a couple guys that you got um, that you think are going to lead this team this year? Uh, for, for me, it's, it's going to be a lot of the names you, you would expect to hear. Um, I think Jorge Polanco is arguably the most important player to this. Um, he, I don't want to say he played over his head last year because he's a phenomenal baseball player, and that's not the point I'm trying to make. But – I, want, I, I just wonder if he can keep up that production um, and continue to hit home runs the way he did and drive in runs, even being at the top of the lineup. So I, I think it's going to be really important to see how he's hitting the ball this year. And I, I think that him scoring runs and being a staple at the top of that lineup is going to be huge for them. 
Yeah. Um, do you do you think that Polanco possibly broke out early, or do you think this is something that he can he can be consistent? You know, three hundred hitter throughout his career, twenty twenty five home run kind of guy. I think a little bit of both. I don't know if we're going to see the twenty five home runs this year or, or going forward. Um, I would say I would like to think he's probably more in the the fifteen to twenty range rather than going closer to thirty. But I I do think he can hit close to 300, you know, year in, year in, year out. Um, especially if he has the protection he has in the lineup like he does right now. Um, I think that pitchers kind of have to throw strikes to him because, frankly, they have to get him out if they don't want to see the big bats with guys on base. So um, as long as he has the protection he has in that lineup, I think he'll be just fine in terms of the average. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, he's he's a hell of a player defensively too. So, looking forward to watching Jorge Polanco play a lot this year. Yeah, he's he's so good in the field. I love watching. Like the Twins are just a fun watch, man, because they hit the ball and the guys that are they have up the middle, Eddie Rosario at the corner. Like they have just fun guys to watch in the field. They they're arguably the best watch in baseball right now. Yeah, I would I would probably have to tend to agree right there on that statement. Um, who's a couple other guys that you have? Uh, for me, I, I've got Donaldson and Rosario as well. I mean, obviously that the acquisition of Donaldson is huge for this team. Um, Going to play third base, hit a bunch of home runs, um, be a veteran presence in the clubhouse, uh, the bringer of rain. So um, do you think he's going to have success in Minnesota? Because, um, I mean, I feel like he's going to have a lot of success because he'll have a lot of protection in this lineup. Um, and because it's the AL, uh, he'll be able to DH a couple times too. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I have Donaldson here too. Um, he's another guy who had a bit of a resurgence last year, just really put it together in Atlanta, um, more so in the second half than the first half. But nonetheless, he, he showed why he was a former MVP. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to hit a bunch of home runs, hitting behind Nelson Cruz probably. Um, there's going to be guys on base for him constantly. He's probably going to get up close to 100 RBIs, if not more. Um, yeah, I think as long as Donaldson's healthy, he's a huge addition to that team. And like I said, I, I would have liked to see C.J. Crone back there, but Donaldson's an upgrade, and there's just no no question about that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, definitely, definitely an upgrade, um, you know, different positions, but the guy that they need in the middle of the order. Um, right, well, more so. it, it's like – it's consequential though because Sano is going to slide over, so mm -hmm. likely yep. at least. So it's kind of basically replacing Kron. Yeah, him. it's almost a, like a direct swap, just just position swap. Um, and then you know Rosario, we we talked about this guy all pretty much all last year. Um, I've seen some mock lineups with him hitting seventh, eighth, and ninth. I mean, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, that's and he's, crazy to me. He's one of their best – I think he's one of their best hitters. I think he's their best overall hitter on the team. I 100% agree with that. I, I think he truly might be the most underrated player in all of baseball right now. Um, thought he was snubbed for the All-Star game last year. I, I thought he should have been there. Um, this guy's a stud. He does everything well. Um, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I think he's the best all-around hitter on that team. Uh, shoots the gap goes the other way flawlessly like it's just no effort behind it he just it looks smooth every single time um he's solid defensively I just I think he's you know like we're talking about right now one of the five most important players on that team and probably the most underappreciated player and at least the American League if not all baseball yeah 100 percent. I mean there's there's you can go dazed out hearing of Eddie Rosario and it's just stupid because during those days, he's probably hit two or three home runs, um, made a web gem play, and you, you don't hear about him. It, you know, you hear about the other guys on the team and, you know, the resurgence of Polanco, and which is, you know, accurate. He was, he came up strong last year, but Rosario has been a staple for the last two seasons and needs to be appreciated more, um, especially if the Twins are going to be a staple of consistency in the AL Central and, and in American League in general, making the playoffs. You know, we need to look at Eddie Rosario more as, you know, the face of that franchise, and he's he's one hell of a player. Yeah, uh, 100%. And look, in a lineup where a lot of guys are uh, hitting for power, um, he's a guy that 
provides a little bit of everything. Um, he's not a guy that's going to strike out in a way that a Bryce Harper or a Nelson Cruz might. He's a guy that's going to put the ball in play constantly and in a lineup with a lot of these guys who are swinging to put the ball over the fence. That's something that's needed. He's just he's extremely important to this team, and I don't think you can you can undersell that. Um, yeah, to to see some Bach lineups with him hitting seventh, eighth, ninth, I think that's crazy. Yeah, I believe the mock lineup on LB.com, he's hitting seventh playing yeah, the outfield. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't – and, you know, maybe opening day or something, we see that for whatever reason. But I, I don't think after last year, Rocco was messing too much with Eddie spot in the lineup. I think that's ridiculous to even think. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess they're depending on Sano being consistent as well as Donaldson and – uh, Cruz in the middle of the order, and then I guess Rosario to bolster the bottom. But uh, I think he deserves to be right in the middle of that order, you know, yeah, between my, two and my, six. My thing is too, like he can, you can put him anywhere in the order, and he can he can get the job done for you. Even if I'm not saying you leave him off, but I'm sure, like a hundred percent, he could. But I, I really would like to see him in that in that two three hole for them. I just I think that's where he belongs in that lineup with. You know, Cruz hitting four, Donaldson hitting five, Sano hitting six. Um, or even if you put Donaldson in the two spot, him in the three spot. Like, I just think there's ways to make that lineup where Eddie's at the top um, and providing uh, scoring runs and driving runs in, doing both. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with him. He definitely needs to be near the top for me. Um, all right, let's move on to the rotation. You know, I'm assuming your other players are rotation guys. I've got Kenta Maeda and, and Jose Barrios is the is the most obvious one, but uh, Kenta Maeda, I mean, you know, he he got moved here, um, and he he has a lot of potential still. He's he's a he's a, he's a veteran pitcher. Um, it feels like they've been getting veteran guys for their rotation. Um, obviously, you've seen Jake Odorizzi step up in a huge way for them, um, and I think if Kenta Maeda can do some of the similar things of Jake Odorizzi and be a steady, consistent starting pitcher for them. Uh, they'll have a lot of success uh, come the postseason too. He's gonna, he's gonna really help them out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it seems like the the pitching staff and, or I should, I should say the uh, the coaches behind the pitchers there in Minnesota just do a tremendous job. Um, we saw Odorizzi have a phenomenal year last year. After you know, he he'd been a consistent pitcher at the MLB level, but we really saw him put it together last year. And like you said, Barrios is the obvious one. He, he's their ace. He's going to be their workhorse. But I think Maeda can kind of have an Odorizzi type year if, if he stays healthy and he's out there for, you know, close to 200 innings, maybe more between the 150 and 200 line. But I, th- I think he's going to be a big part for them because the pitching was huge for them last year. They won 101 games, and a lot of it had to do with the starting pitching. We know the lineup was great but no one saw them getting that type of, of starting pitching. So I, I think you're spot on. My eight is going to have to be a pretty solid uh, pitcher for them, and I think that he's going to have an, have to have an Oda Rizzi type year if they want to get back to that 101 mark. Yeah, certainly. Um, um, and that, that kind of leads us you know, to key components for the Twins. Um, my key component is kind of you know two statements. It's win a playoff series and – the way you win a playoff series is you bolster that rotation at the deadline. You got to get another arm there. I know they have Rich Hill coming on eventually. Um, he's on the 60 day IL. Um, but they need a guy that's been there before and has done it and has been successful at it. And if they can find, find somebody at the deadline um, when they're right in the thick of things to, to bolster that rotation, I think that would be huge for them. And I think that's something that they've needed to do for a long time. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, and Rich Hill isn't really a guy you can rely on even when he comes back off the 60-day IL. He's a guy that's just on and off constantly. So I don't think you can rely on Hill being there come the postseason anyway. I think you have exactly. to bolster that rotation, like you said. And I'm curious to see what you think. Um, Byron Buxton's a guy who the potential is still there, but – I don't know. Is he a guy you can move for a real high quality starting pitcher at the deadline? Like, I, I don't necessarily know that that's something they'd want to do, but he, he's been inconsistent and 
that's a team that's ready to win, to win right now. Let's face it. Um, Nelson Cruz is older. Donaldson's older. Um, you know, contracts eventually will come up. I'm just curious as to how how all in they will go to uh, to really bolster that rotation. Yeah. I, so in order to move for a starting you know pitcher, they'll probably have to move a big league player and then prospects. Um, it might have to be Buxton. He's he's a guy that you know he could play at the top of some lineups in the MLB. Not not a lot, but some. Um, and he can definitely help defensively. He could be a fourth outfielder for a playoff team, 100%. Um, I mean, he's going to be a starting outfielder on this potential playoff team. So, um, yeah, he'll probably need to be included in a package. Um, I, it's going to be tough for them to move off, you know, a guy like Arias. Um, you know, I mean, that would just be detrimental to their team probably. Um, but if they can move some top-flight prospects and possibly Buxton, um, or Randy Domnack, who was in their rotation, um, right. maybe, maybe it's it's going to be tough for them. You know, it's just I feel like they need to do something huge. You know, they haven't done that. Um, they're finally starting to get the free agents and the making um, decent off-season trades. But when are they going to make that in-season trade that really makes them a winner? You know, you know, like the Astros picking up Granky or you know things like that. When are they going to do that? I feel like they haven't done it yet. No, they haven't, and recently they've had uh, a lot of success in free agency, but Minnesota's not necessarily uh, a baseball hotbed. Um, they, they don't always bring in high-quality free agents, so I think the best way for them to go out and acquire a guy they're going to want is not through free agency. It's going to be uh, going after him through a trade, possibly at the deadline. Um, look, there's a lot of, a lot of teams that, have pretty good pitching who are going to fall out of this thing and they're going to be able to go get a starter if they want one. It's just, will they be willing to give up the pieces to do so? And I think this year more than ever, they're likely to do that because let's face it, they got, they got to go for it right now. Yeah, no, they have to go for it because Cruz is getting older. Donaldson's getting older. Um, you know, Sano is, he's a little bit younger, but he's, He's been able, that, like he's been getting injured and things like that. That, that body type just doesn't yep. bode well into getting into your older ages too. Like, I think his his best years are right now and not in the future. Yeah, no, I, I that's what I'm saying. 100 percent agree with that. So, I think you know it's it's this year, and next year, and then after that, you know, these guys are going to be older. Like Donaldson is, he's not going to be what he was. Cruz is not going to be what he was, even though he's just a hitter. It's, you know. They they've they have the best team in the AL Central, and I think you know they need to take that one more step to compete with the Yankees, the Astros, the Rays. Like they need to to really take that large step forward this uh, either this year or next year. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, and I do think that they quite literally are just one pitcher away um, to one guy to complement Barrios as that solid number two guy, and then if Odorizzi and Maeda are consistent and as the three, four, I think, I think you're pretty much set and ready to go, um, in, into October. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. They're in Arma way. Uh, the home run production has got to stay up for them again, because that's how they drove in a lot of their runs, but man, that team's ready to go. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Over under, they have it here, uh, through DraftKings. These are where we're getting the over unders, um, 91 and a half wins. I'm over, um, they won 101 last year. Uh, a lot of that lineup's t- still together. I think Donaldson's an upgrade in the order from Chrome. Um, I don't know that they get to 100 again, but I definitely do not think they win 10 less games than they did last year. I have, I have them going over. Yeah, I have them over as, as well. I have them between 94 and 95 wins. Um, I just think this team we're going to talk about next is going to grab some of those wins. Um, and it's going to be like, you know, we – before we, you know, hopped on, it's going to be a three-team race. Um, I think with the Twins at the top, but I think the White Sox and the Indians are going to steal some of those wins from that uh, 101 that they had last year. But the Twins are still a very good ball club, and I still think they probably win this division. Yeah, um, I'm 100% with you. I-, I favor them to win this division for sure. All right, so let's move on to the final team of the AL Central. Um, probably one of the going to be one of the more exciting teams in baseball to watch. Um, 
possibly taking over the city of Chicago, we got the White Sox. Um, they played well last year. Um, we saw guys like Eloy Jimenez hop onto the scene and absolutely destroy baseballs for the Chicago White Sox. Um, yeah. This is going to be a fun, exciting team. I mean, they added some some huge pieces. Uh, re-signed Jose Abreu. Um, you know, signed Yasmani Grandal, uh, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez. Um, this team is uh, slowly but surely starting to become the real deal in the in the AL right now. Yeah, um, they're here. Uh, it took a couple of years, but these guys have finally come through. Um, like you said, a couple of veter- big-time veteran signings. Uh, the White Sox are here, man, and they're ready to win games. Um, you know, they were one of the five most profitable teams if, in terms of betting last season. Um, they really surprised a lot of people, including myself. I, I did not think that they were going to win as nearly as many games as they did. Um, but I'm with you, man. I think that this team is – they're going to compete for a playoff spot um, and maybe, maybe hop over the Indians, compete with the twins. I don't, I don't like, we haven't seen them yet, so it's tough to really tell, but the potential on paper is just, man, I really like the way the squad looks. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, one through nine and one through five. Uh, and then a couple guys in the pen. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legitimate baseball team here. Uh <laughs> They, uh, they're going to be good. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the, the guys that are, are going to be keys for them. Um, I'll, I'll start off with one, and it's, uh, it's Yoan Moncada. Um, we tend to glaze over him a little bit. Uh, when talking about the White Sox, we always talk about either Eloy Jimenez or Jose Abreu. Um, but uh, Yoan Moncada, man, he can, play all three, he can play all four positions in the infield if needed. Probably won't be needed to do so, but he'll probably most likely be at third base. But um, he's he's a really good player, uh, hits for power, um, and can play. You know, like I say, he can play the infield well. And um, he's someone that when he came up, we were really excited about. had had an off year, and then last year he stepped up in a, in a huge way for them. And I think he's going to need to take even a bigger step up this year and uh, be a real staple at the top of the order for them. And I think he can do can do that um i'm really excited to watch him play this year yeah I, I think sometimes people forget that at one point in time this was the single best prospect in all of baseball um swap for sale i mean he's been touted for a, a real long time and he he showed us why last year point blank uh, he was really really good and i think he'll only get better this year um takes takes some guys a little bit longer to blossom than others you know not everyone can be Ronald Acuna Jr. at 20 years old, just mashing baseballs effortlessly. It takes some guys a little bit longer, and I think that was the case with Moncada. I think he just needed to adjust to the major league game, major league pitching, and now that he finally has, um, he's one of those guys that you look forward to watching every night. He's just, like you said, he's a Swiss Army knife in the field. He's got a pretty beautiful swing at the plate, um, does a little bit of everything. I just He's a guy that's going to be super important for this team, um, but I'm I'm happy that he finally put it together and he wasn't a bust like some people thought he might end up being after uh, that sale trade happened. So yeah, I, I'm with you. He he's going to be super important for this team, and I I truly think that he's going to be, uh, you know, one of the 15, 20, 30 best players in baseball going forward. He's he's got a bright future. Yeah, hundred percent. Um... And then here's a guy uh, in Yasmani Grandal that's that has done it before. Um, has played on big time teams in the Dodgers and the Brewers. Um, was a really big reason the Brewers, you know, were right there last year. Um, even with the injury to Yelich, Grandal stepped up in a huge way and was consistent hitter um, as well as defensive catcher for them. And um, he's a huge acquisition for the White Sox. I mean, when when uh, they acquired him. I think, you know, we messaged each other and we were like, this is insane. I mean, the White Sox are for real. They're, they're, they're not going away, man. They're, they're going to keep on moving forward and they're going to keep getting guys. They're going to help them win a lot of baseball games. And that's Monty Grandal is one of the best catchers to do it right now. Yeah. The, the Grandal move kind of solidified. All right. The, the White Sox are trying to win right now. They're done waiting. Um, yeah. I'm a, he's going to hit probably fourth or fifth in that order. 
He's going to provide stability around a lot of those young players. He's a veteran presence. Uh, like you said, great defensive catcher. Um, but more than anything, I just think it shows all those younger kids, hey, the time is – we're not waiting anymore. The time is right now. Um, look, I think James McCann was an all-star last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Cause yeah. The, the American League is – there's just kind of a shortage at that spot. So I think that's another thing that's huge for them is they kind of have a leg up on basically everyone else at the catcher position. Um, he might be the best catcher in the American League. So that's a massive signing for them. I'm with you. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a game changer, uh, you know. Like, you don't find catchers that can hit that can switch hit and switch hit well. Um, I mean, and he can steal bases. Like, he's – He's an all-around great player. Um, plays like an infielder or an outfielder, but can't, like ah, he's going to be huge for this team, um, especially for a rotation that you know hasn't been great, um, but has a lot of potential. Um, and then you know they got this guy Giolito who stepped up in a huge way last year, and Grandal and him I think are going to be a tandem. You know, every five days when Giolito goes out there to pitch with Grandal, it's it's going to be masterful, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, and Gio, that leads right into the next guy for me is Giolito. But, um, yeah, Grandal is uh, maybe the single most important signing the entire offseason to a team because I think that he truly brings more value than anything on paper could ever show. Uh, he's a real five-tool player coming from behind the plate, and you just don't see that. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. That's huge. And I think that combo of him and Giolito is going to be fantastic. And Giolito's one of my key players for them. And the reason being is I think he's ready to take that step up and be the ace of this rotation. Um, Dallas Keuchel and, um, a couple of these other guys are going to provide the veteran presence behind him. I'm blanking on the other signing and, uh, uh Gio Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so they're they're going to provide uh, stability and consistency in the middle of that rotation, at least you would hope. But Giolito is going to have to be that guy that goes out every fifth day and, and really shows out for them. And I think he has the ability to do that. He showed us that last year, made the all-star game, really took a step up. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready for Giolito to, to really take the reins here and show everyone what he's got. Yeah, if, if Giolito does what he did last year, almost basically replicates it, and then you have Dallas Keuchel going out every five days, um, maybe a, between a 12 and 15 game winner. Uh, this team's going to be good, and it's it's going to be fun to watch them play baseball because I think they're going to score a lot of runs. Um, and if you can get almost guaranteed victories in your first two games of a series, it's it's going to be a good good season for them. Um, Keuchel needs to to be huge. He needs to be big for them. Um, kind of fell off a little bit, didn't get signed for a long time last year. Um, but he's, he's deserving of the, the contract that he got, I think. Um, and he was, he was another signing where it's like, all right, the White Sox want to win right now. They're, they're tired of the re slow rebuild. Like they want to win right now. Um, and I think they have a legitimate shot at doing so. So, um, Gilito and Keiko at the top of the rotation and then, they need Colome as a closer to be shut, shut the door. He needs to shut the door every time he gets the ball. Um, he was kind of like that for the Rays earlier in his career. And I think he can still be somewhat like that. Um, but he needs to be locked down, shut the door, give me the ball when we're up three and it's game over. Um, no blown saves, things like that, because that's what takes a team from good to, to bad real quickly. Um, if they can't have a closer, that's consistent and shut things down. So I'm huge on Alex Colome this year. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I have him as one of my five key players as well. Um, I just think that bullpen is now more than ever going to have to be really strong for them. And he's the guy that's shutting it down. So he's the most important piece back there. Um, like you said, he has shown in the past that he's got top 10, top 15 reliever stuff. He's When he's on, he's really damn good. And I just think that if he's able to shut down games, this team's really, I mean, if, like we said, if the starting pitching with Giolito, Keiko, Gonzalez is good, he's going to be in a position where he's going to be shutting down a lot of games. And if he can do so for them, I mean, 
this team, like you said, they're ready to win a lot of baseball games. So he's going to have to be huge. Yeah, and and that leads me into key components, and and mine is need to bullpen to be solid and steady. I mean, um, and I think that's going to come along with um, Zach Birdie, Rodone, and Kopech coming off the IL. Um, when Rodone right. comes off the IL, he's going to be in the starting rotation. Who knows with Kopech? I think he'll be there. Um, and then Birdie is is going to be a great uh, bullpen arm from them. They have Carson Fulmer too. Right. Uh, Herrera is still there, so they need these guys to you know. Be, you know, not be the Yankees bullpen, but when you, when you get the ball, you know, like really help your team out and, and keep the lead that you have, because I think they're going to come out to a lot of leads um, in a lot of games this year. Um, so bullpen needs to be locked down for me. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. They have a lot of live arms back there. A lot of live young arms. Um, my thing with Kopik is I do think we see him this year. It's just tough for me to, to rely on a pitcher who's, coming off of Tommy John surgery and really hasn't shown too much at, at the higher levels playing mm-hmm. baseball. I think, I think he kind of needs time to get more into the swing of things. So I don't necessarily think they rush him, but Carson Fulmer is a guy that I really think can step up this year and argue, end up maybe in that setup spot in the seventh, eighth inning. And, you know, really he's a live arm. He He showed time and time again that he's a gamer. So I think that, uh, he's one of those guys that can step up. And, yeah, I'm with you on Birdie. He's going to end up uh, being a big piece for them, too. When Rondon comes back, maybe Lopez is a guy that moves to the bullpen. Maybe they go with six arms. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But, yeah, I think I think they'll be a lot stronger back there this year, and I'm with you. They're going to have to be to win. Um, but my key component for them is depth. Um, I think after you get one through nine, when you look at that bench, they kind of lack a little bit there. Um, and I'm wondering if we end up seeing guys like Madigal come up or if they end up making moves at the deadline for more role players than anything, not looking to add big bats because they already have those, especially with Edwin and Grandal in the middle of that order now. Um, you know, and Eloy might pop out 50 this year because kid's unbelievable. But I think that depth is going to be huge for them because if anyone gets hurt or if they're in a spot come the postseason where they need pinch hitting or whatever it might be. I think that those guys coming off the bench, I think they need to, uh, to really strengthen up that spot. Yeah. I'm with you. Maybe, maybe a couple uh, left-handed hitting power guys off the bench um, could be a necessity. Um, All their power comes from the right side. It looks like this year. Um, So maybe a power bat power lefty bat off the bench would be huge for them. Um, But yeah, you know, I mean, this team's going to be good. I'm excited to watch them. Um, over under through DraftKings is eighty three and a half. Where are you at with that? I'm over. Uh, and I'm pretty high over actually. I have them at eighty eight wins. I have them five more uh, than their projected total through DraftKings. I think this team is a playoff team, man. I really do. I think that they'll do whatever they can to get better. Um, if they have any injuries, they'll sure them up. And there's the potential for. You know, like we I, we talked about, Kopich could come up, Madrigal could come up. Like, there's still a lot of potential for some really solid, good young players to come up and re- really just liven up that roster. Like, I, on paper, that team is just loads of potential. I can't wait to watch them play. I think that I think that they either end up in that first or second wild card spot, probably the second behind Tampa. Um, but yeah, I, I'm huge on the White Sox this year. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the over. Um, I have them at 86 and 76, but wouldn't it be surprised me if they won 88 games like you just said? Um, I'm going to keep it at 86 right now just because haven't really seen them in action together. Um, not that baseball is really like you need team chemistry or whatever, but you need to see if the lineup works, um, see if the rotation works. Um, and pos- I'll possibly change this, you know, towards the end of April and see where they're at. Um, but I think this team has loads of potential and they're going to be right there shooting for a playoff spot. Um, like we touched on earlier, depends if the Indians start off hot, you know, if, if they start off cold, they might be dealing some players. I don't think the white Sox are going to be dealing guys. They're, they're going to be going for it for all 162 games. So uh, look for the white Sox to be there in September and uh, be uh, right in that, th- right in that wild card race, man. Right. Like you said, right for that second spot behind the Rays or the Yankees. Um, 
because you know <laughs> Rays Rays yeah, look my, good this my year. Bad. My bad. Rays my look bad. Good this year. All right, but anyway, um, all right. That concludes the the AL Central. Um, want to remind you guys to uh, visit us at JokerMag.com, the home of the underdog. Uh, follow us on Twitter at JokerMagHQ. You can follow this podcast directly um, at PlaySneaky on Twitter as well. You can follow Joe at Taking the Price. He's got a lot of cool MLB stuff, uh, gambling, um, MMA mostly. Um, I know you're huge on that, and you tend to win a, a bunch of money on that, right? Yes, sir. Uh, guys, just bet the over for how many rounds a women's MMA fight's going to go, and you'll be profitable. It's simple as that. <laughs> little <All> little right. <laughs> tip. <laughs> huge tip from Joe right now. Um, get your get your gambling on. But uh, anyway, all right, we'll be back next week with the NL Central. Switch it to the NL, and uh, can't wait, wait can't wait for next week. And uh, hold on, Tino. Before before we take off, I got one question to ask you. Fantasy sure. related. Sure. In a keeper league, I get to keep three players that I drafted after the eighth round. So it's between for me, Rafael Devers. Joey Gallo, Brad Hand, Araldis Chapman, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glasnow, Chris Paddock. Who am I keeping? Three of them. Oh, my God. Paddock was a 19th rounder. Glasnow was a 16th rounder. Devers was the 11th. Gallo was the 10th. Chapman was the 8th. Hand was the 9th. I'm keeping Devers. Glasnow. That's a toss-up for the other one. I mean, you have a lot of – it depends what you think of Paddock. Do you think Paddock's going to be good again this year? Yeah, so the three I have right now, Devers, Glasnow, Paddock. That's the route I'm going. Wow. Spot on today. Spot yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Same page, oh. bro. All do right. this enough to start thinking like the other person. It's wild. All right, exactly. All right, we'll <laughs> see you next week.